Women Taking the Lead, Episode 92. Strive not to be a success, but rather to be a value. And I really love that because I think you got to get your ego out of it. And really, when your goal is to be a value to others, you will be a success. And your life will expand exponentially. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentakingthelead.com to get the solutions to your top five leadership challenges. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Sandy Weiner, who's the founder of Last First Date and is devoted to helping women achieve healthy, off-the-charts love in the second half of life. An internationally known TEDx speaker, dating coach, speaker, and workshop leader, Sandy specializes in helping women communicate effectively, set clear boundaries and relationships, and value themselves. She believes that a woman of value attracts her best partner. And Sandy has contributed hundreds of articles to several prestigious publications, including The Huffington Post, Psychology Today, and The Good Men Project, and is the dating expert at Better After 50. She's also the host of Last First Date Radio, an acclaimed show about attracting and sustaining healthy relationships in midlife. Okay, Sandy, that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Well, I'm so happy to be here, Jody. Thank you for having me on the show. And it's nice to be on the other side of the uh, of the host post. <laughs> um, yeah, so I became a dating coach after my divorce. I was married for 23 years and was really in the wrong relationship. I tried really, really hard to make it work. And that's kind of my personality is that if life gives me lemons, I make lemonade. So I thought that if I just had the right therapy or spoke to my ex-husband in the right way, I could make this relationship last forever. I I had grown up in a home that was contentious. My parents got divorced when I was getting married, actually. They waited until we were all out of the house, and it was it was tough. So I vowed not to do that, never wanting to repeat history. And unfortunately, I did not divorce-proof my life. So when I got divorced, uh, one of the things, it was sort of a big wake-up for me on many levels. I realized I had been playing small in my life in general. And there were things about my life that I had not attended to. And one of them was a career choice that I never made, which um, involved helping people. I I was always the go-to person in high school and throughout my life uh, that people would come to for their problems. And I, I had a knack for it. And I studied art therapy briefly in school and ended up not liking the course. So I majored in art and focused on a career in art in many different forms of art throughout my life. And then as I was divorcing, I said, no, I want to get back to that. That's that's a really important part of my life. And I need to feel like I'm making a bigger impact and, and really diving deeper into my value system. So I decided to enroll in in a life coaching course and became certified through the Coaches Training Institute, which was totally transformational for me. Uh, Taught me so much about myself as well as how to work with clients. 
And after about two years, I became a dating coach. And it was a pretty organic thing. I mean, friends of mine were divorced like me. They were dating online. They were doing it really poorly. And we would go for walks and I would translate what men were meaning. Um, they were getting it completely wrong. So one one early example, I remember a good friend of mine was dating a guy and he said he was not really available for a relationship right now, but he wanted to date her anyway. And she said, well, he's telling me that he's not really available. What do you think he means by that? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, he means he's not available for a relationship. And the problem is that women tend to interpret everything that men say as something else and read into it when men are usually pretty literal. And I had a sense of how men think without really knowing uh, the, the sort of the psychology behind it. I really got it. And I started writing my friend's profiles for online dating. And, and before I knew it, I said, you know, this is such a fun thing to do. And it's so necessary. And I really want to focus on this. Oh, my gosh. You know, we need more women out there who can interpret men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just talking with a friend the other day about and we were talking about the differences between the way men's minds work mm -hmm. and the way women's minds work. And men tend men tend to compartment compartmentalize everything like it's in boxes and it's this has to do with this and that's it. Right. They, there is not a lot of meaning behind what they're saying and doing. It, it's pretty literal, whereas women's mind, it tends to look like spaghetti. <laughs> Everything's interconnected. Everything relates back to something that happened before or some other area of your life. And and the two communicating together is actually kind of funny if you're not getting if you're not in the middle of it, <laughs> you're not getting stressed out by it. So yeah. God bless the work that you're doing, Sandy. So. <laughs> well, I actually teach a course now called How to Talk So Men Will Listen and Listen So Men Will Talk. And it started last year. I'm going to launch it again in the second quarter of this year. And it's a course that gives people scripts on how to speak up when your feelings are hurt, how to even identify your feelings and needs, which I did not know how to do when I got divorced. I was just learning how to really express myself in an effective way. And I see that this is such an important tool in any relationship. It doesn't matter if it's romantic or, or work-related. Um, you need to know how to express yourself in an empowered way. And so this is one of the cornerstones of the work that I do. Mm, I think that's really huge because I know for myself and for the women in my life, oftentimes the question that comes up is, am I making something out of nothing, right? Am I making a big deal about this or is this something I really should be standing up for myself for, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's the war within I think that a lot of women have, because oftentimes the feedback they'll get from the world outside is, oh, you're making a big deal out of nothing, you know, but then, you know, they're afraid they'll look back someday and go, I should have spoke up. Mm -hmm. I should have said something. Yeah. And I was a big speaking up kind of person, but I didn't always do it effectively. I, mm -hmm. it was important to me to not stay quiet. And unfortunately I was in a relationship with my ex-husband, um, where he would make fun of me for standing up for what I believed in. And I still did it. I mean, I, I, I got angry that he was 
putting me down for it. But that was part of why our relationship didn't work. Um, he didn't respect me for doing what I thought was really important. Now I know that some of the things that I did were, were done in a defensive way that were not effective, you know, would just mm. shut people down. And so, you know, I, I, I have a Facebook group called Your Last First Date, and any woman over 40 is welcome to join. I've had a bunch of men who tried, but they're not allowed. It's a, it's a no boys allowed club. And uh, one of the women just this morning was talking about something exactly along the lines of what you just brought up. And she said that she was texting a guy that she met online, and he suddenly stopped texting, and then didn't, didn't, he just disappeared and didn't say why. And the next day he said, Hey, you want to FaceTime? And she was so angry at him that she didn't know what to do. So she brought it up to the group. And I said, you know, just bring it up in a playful way. If you want to know why he disappeared, just kind of just say, Hey, you disappeared yesterday. I'm just curious what happened. You know, did you, I don't know, like you make up something funny or, or just do, do something light and do not get accusatory. So what happens is we have triggers from our past, and it's important to differentiate the triggers that are a result of your past pain, that are things that you need to work out, and your intuition, which is your brilliance. And, you know, sometimes you think you get that gut feeling and it's, it's really smart because it's your intuition. Well, it's not. It's, it's, it's that trigger point that is actually old stuff that you need to work through. Oh, good stuff, Sandy. And I, I know you're probably going to get more into all the work that you do. So let me let me ask you this, because you said that, you know, something that was always true for you was that you would speak up constantly. And it sounds like pretty confidently, too. But what I'm interested in is a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. You may not have realized you were undervaluing yourself at that time. Share with us the story and the lessons you learned. Well, I'm thinking of a story that um, really has to do with showing up. And I mean, I played small pretty much all the time. I, I was afraid of making waves in certain ways. I mean, I would stand up for myself, but I was not fully realizing my potential. And shortly after I became a dating coach, I was taking a walk with a friend and we were talking about TED Talks, and I mentioned a TED Talk that I loved, and she said, I don't know what TED Talks are. So the next day, of course, she sees something about TED Talks in her Facebook feed, and it turns out a friend of hers is organizing a TEDx conference and is looking for speakers who are passionate about something. She connects me with this woman and says, my friend Sandy is really passionate about dating after 40, and, um, and she would love to do a TEDx talk or something. I had never gotten up on a stage to speak. I was petrified of public speaking. And yet she connected us. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm passionate about, you know, people dating after 40 and da, 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 da. And I gave her a little topic. And she goes, okay, you're in. <laughs> it was like that easy. And I freaked completely out. I had terrible nightmares. I'm going to make a complete fool of myself. I, I literally could not, I, I had not done a podcast. I had, I mean, I, I remember years, years before that, someone had asked me to be on their podcast and give a little brief meditation, guided meditation, and I was shaking like a leaf. <laughs> so now I'm a host of a podcast and I had gotten up on the stage finally to do this TEDx talk. 
So what really helped me was after I recovered and said, okay, I can play small or I can really rise up to this opportunity and risk failure. Yes, I may fall. I may end up sounding like an idiot. I may forget my entire speech when I get up there, but I'm going to be as prepared as I can be. And I got support, which is so key. I I hired a, a coach to help me write my speech and practice my speech. And I joined Toastmasters, which changed my life. And I am now a confident public speaker. And it's not that hard to achieve things that are going to help you rise up to be the best you can be. And I realized that if I hid and said, okay, well, I can't speak in public, I would never be found. I would never be known. You know, anybody who's known in my industry gets on the Today Show. They, they have to be in front of cameras. You have to do video. And I had to learn to overcome all those fears. And it wasn't easy. But I got the support. And I'm so proud of that moment that I stood up on that stage. And I was confident because I had practiced the hell out of it. And I love the topic. It's, it's about um, actually, it's called I Used to Live My Life as a Tootsie Pop. And it's about the layers of uh, guardedness that I put in front of my heart because of the pain I had experienced through the relationships that I had. And it's it's really what led me to choose the wrong partner as a husband. Um, and it's what got me to finally understand the importance of vulnerability in relationships about really opening up and risking um, to, to really connect on a deep emotional level. And there, I can only imagine the ripple effect after you did this talk and what it did for you and your confidence and, and also in your business and your career goals. Yes, absolutely. I mean, and you know, I, you know, when you're telling that story, cause I can definitely relate, you know, as a business owner, I have to put myself out there and starting the podcast and speaking and doing workshops and all of that. And what I love in your story um, that really resonated is sometimes the hardest thing to do is to just say yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's where the panic attack really starts occurring. But if you can say yes, then you, all you have to do is get support, yes. right? And just prepare. Right. And you did all of that. You got yourself a coach. You joined Toastmasters. You practice. And the day of, you must have been just like on fire. I was. And what was really interesting to me, and thank you for saying that it resonated for you. That means a lot to me. I looked around me at the people who were speaking at the event, and so many of them were not prepared. And so many of them were not wearing clothes that showed the dignity of the event, that reflected the dignity of the event. Like I, I take this this stage for TEDx very seriously. I mean, that is it's an international forum. It's it's huge. And I was so honored to be accepted. And uh, anyway, people and people gave me great feedback. So I, I, I read everything about how to prepare and how to get, get rid of nerves and, you know, jump up and down and, and do things to get the nerves into your body and, and, you know, out of your, uh, you know, your, your, the system that, that makes you anxious. And, um, there's all these technical terms that I'm forgetting now. And, um, and now I teach that because I, I'm an officer at our Toastmasters. I've been a member for two years. Uh, and by the way, I was, 
I think, a member of Toastmasters for about two months before I did my TEDx talk. So I (laughs) didn't have a lot of prep time. I mean, it was, and and in fact, I never even got to practice my speech in front of my coach because until the last minute she was making changes. I was all over the place with the focus. I didn't know how to write a speech, let alone present a speech. And I changed it the night before. (laughs) My son said to me, you know, the opening is really inauthentic, mom. It does not sound like you. And I changed it. And he was right. So I think you have to be willing to take risks. You have to be willing to say the big yes to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, getting out of your comfort zone will lead you to the most exciting things in your life. And I, I just love living on the edge like that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a risk taker to the point of like jumping out of planes and, and doing really high risk, crazy, you know, scary things like that. But I think emotional risks are so important to grow as a person. Here, here, totally agree. Mm-hmm. And, and now Sandy, share with us a time in your journey where you had a wake up call. Take us back to that moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. Well, there's so many. Um, (laughs) I would say that the first wake up call came in my marriage. I realized after all those years that I would grow old with this man and my kids would all be out of the house. And I pictured that moment and I thought, I can't, I can't do this. And the only reason I really had stayed is because I had given up hope that there would ever be a person for me. And what happened to me was I was working in a sleepaway camp um, so that my kids could go to camp. And being there, my husband was not with me. He would come up on the weekends. And being away from him made our differences even greater. And it, it, it all the things that I loved, he hated, you know, there were just so many things that were just becoming so present and evident for me. And I became friendly with a guy who was working up in the camp. And suddenly, I was not eating or sleeping. (laughs) And I had no idea why. And I, I didn't realize that I had, I was so starved for attention from a man who really got me, um, that I was falling in love with this man. And it scared the hell out of me. I didn't even know what was happening. That's how shut down I was. And so that was sort of that aha wake up moment that, oh, my God, you have become so numb to your life. And that's too big of a risk for you to continue in this way. And so I came home that summer and this guy wanted to have an affair with me. And I said, no. And it was just like, uh, uh-uh. you get out of the marriage if you're at that point. And I had lost all anger and it was just this neutral place. I came home and I said, I'm really done. And it took about three years and it was hellish for a while, but I knew that I was getting out, not because I met somebody who I was going to have a relationship with, but because I was saving myself. And I think that so many women in my practice I come from the same background. They had lost themselves in a marriage that was not good for them. There was emotional abuse. There was a lot of giving and not receiving. And life is too short. You know, time is the one commodity we cannot get back. And I basically saved myself in that moment. And I have, it's almost like my life before is a different person. I, my kids don't even recognize who I was and who I became as the same person. 
Wow. Sandy, if you don't mind, what were some of the steps that you took to help you, you know, get back to yourself? So first, the the coaching program really helped me to find something that I believed was really my wheelhouse and what I was really good in. And I was always great at art. And I was told that my whole life and I worked in art. And I felt that the amount of time I put into every piece of art I was commissioned to do was never, I never got the value back in dollars. And there's something about coaching where you're giving somebody a new lease on life that is so much greater than creating something of art to me. They're both of value, but the ability to have a ripple effect in coaching and know that your coaching can not only affect the person in front of you, but can affect everybody that they come in contact with. It's so much more fulfilling for me. So finding that was huge. Um, Learning to really take care of myself first. I was terrible at that. And I think most women are taught that their self-care comes last. And I think that's one of the biggest disservices we can do for ourselves and for others. So I had to learn to set really clear boundaries. That was a huge shift for me. I wasn't able to do that in my marriage easily because I had a husband who was undermining me and and really violating boundaries a lot. So boundaries became essential. Learning to express myself. Um, so expressing boundaries with love, not with withholding. You know, like a lot of people will, will do harsh boundaries. So that's the whole Tootsie Pop layers moving away is that you're not doing it from a place of guardedness. You're doing it from a place of love. And the biggest challenge I had was my teenage daughter who was playing the two parents against each other. And every time I would lay down a boundary, she would run away to her father and tell me I was being abusive. And and he was supporting that. So I had to get a lot of support for myself. I got coaching and learned to understand my daughter better. I I really worked very hard on this relationship. And I'm happy to say that she really respects me now. And we have a much better relationship. She's 21 um, I think those are really the keys is, you know, the self-care. And then what I also really learned was to take myself seriously. I think that when it comes to how much you earn, um, you know, setting boundaries with clients in my business, you know, really getting clear with contracts each, each time boundaries were violated, I learned to change my contract and get more clear, uh, I think, you know, those are, those are really the, the basics. And then those are some of the things that I teach my clients, um, because really the whole focus of being a woman of value is to value yourself first, because when you do, you become more lovable, you become more honorable, people value you so much more when you value yourself first. No, and that's great. And I'm definitely picking up the theme in your answers of it's really important to take care of yourself and to seek outside support Mm -hmm. at the same time. Like don't, don't put yourself last and don't try to go it alone. Correct. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And Sandy, what I want everyone to get is there's no one way to lead because we all have different experiences in life. We all have different preferences and temperaments. We're all going to lead differently. And that's okay, because we all bring something unique to the table. But how would you describe your leadership style? I'm a 
you know, my coaching program is a co-active coaching program. So what that means, and this is the same way I lead, that you empower your client to be their own coach, basically. Um, it's a, it's a two way street. It's not about powering over. It's about powering with. And I think the most effective relationships, um, in terms of leadership are where you empower other people. It's not about being a, you know, dominant. Um, I was just talking this morning with somebody about how some people that offer online courses, and teach people how to be better presenters, better speakers. Part of their process is shaming people, is making them feel really bad about about what they did, and you know, shaming them to change. And boy, do I hate that! I really, really believe that we have had enough shaming throughout our lives, whether it's from our family of origin, or through school, or through significant others. That is not how you motivate. You know, motivation comes from seeing somebody's highest being and and supporting that, and also calling them out when they're they're slipping into a saboteur self, and always holding their highest self as the goal. And so that's that's really, you know, I believe in in leading by example. I definitely always aim to walk my talk. I am a woman dating after my divorce and I share my ups and downs. I'm not embarrassed to say I, a couple of years ago, I ended up with a narcissist and I talk about the experience and how I handled it very differently than I would have before my divorce. Um, you know, really not being, you know, not, not putting myself in a, in a level that is so outside of the realm of the people that I serve. And I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I, I love my clients. I'm a very authentic and very caring. And Sandy, what is one thing you're working on right now that you're really excited about? Well, right now I am relaunching my find love online after 40 course. And it's sort of, I, I've been, this is about the third time I think that I'm, I'm giving this course, but this is a whole new format. Um, this will be pre-recorded from one of my previous sessions. Um, so highly effective. This is a course that has transformed people's experience with online dating to the point where they are having high quality people to, to go out with. One woman in the course hadn't had a date in like six years. And even during the four-week duration of the course, she had several dates with men that she really liked. And so it's it changes your mindset. It changes how you date. changes how you, um, you know, we talked before about empowerment and self-empowerment. It's about taking control where you can. And I think that often women are too passive where they should be more assertive and too aggressive where they should be a little bit softer. And so I teach women how to find that balance in this course. Um, and I'm, I'm really excited about it because it's going to be on a whole new course format. Um, the course drips um, over four weeks and then I have four live Q&A calls. So I'm putting the final touches on it. It starts actually January 17th. Um, so it's coming up soon 
And, um, and then every other quarter, I will be releasing either this course or my communications course. So that's, that's really my main focus now is, is really getting this out to as many women as possible and helping them love themselves and find love. Mm, and this will be people will be listening to this after January 17th. Okay. So I'll get the link um, from you so that if they're listening to this after the 17th, they'll still know where to find you and where to find the information on the course because it sounds fantastic. Awesome. Thank you. I, I would You're love okay. that. All right, Sandy, now I'm going to do a quick leadership roundup. So tell us, what is one practice you have that helps to make you a better leader? I would say something that really transformed my leadership was having an accountability partner. I was doing a webinar course many years ago, and I reached out to a friend to join me in the course. And she said, would you be my accountability buddy? And I had never done this before. And she's somebody I've always looked up to and was so excited to be partnered with her. And we speak for, I don't know, like 10 minutes, three times a week. We set small goals and reach them or don't and talk about why not, but it helps me accomplish so many more things. And so I think, you know, having accountability is really important. Having an accountability partner is huge. So highly recommend that. Yes, I've, I have one and it is huge. I can, we could have a whole conversation yeah. about how awesome and productive it is to have a, like a really good accountability partner. Mm-hmm. And Sandy, what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Well, we talked a lot about communication today. And so there's so many books that I love. But one that really influenced my communication style is a book called Fierce Conversations, Achieving Success at Work and in Life, One Conversation at a Time. And it's by Susan Scott. And she really breaks down how to have a difficult conversation. And one of my favorite, favorite stories, I'll tell you really quickly, is about a a woman who was not a team player. She was hired as a freelancer. And the boss called her in using this style of, of confrontation, told her that she had until the next day to let him know if she wanted further training or she'd have to leave because she had to learn how to be different on the team. And she came back the next day and reluctantly agreed to the training. A year later, they got the deal. And in the celebration party, she got up to make a speech. And she said, I just want you to know that that night that I came home after we had that talk, I was so upset with you. But I want you to know that not only did you help, you know, help me stay in this job and help us win the deal, but you saved my marriage, too. Oh, yeah, I love that book. I don't think I've talked about it with anybody on the show before. I don't think anyone's recommended it. But I read it when I was getting my coach certification as well. And I use um, an item in the book in my mastermind that I run um, to help business owners present challenges that they're facing in their own business and how to articulate them in a way so the group can help them. So it really it, it really dives into how to communicate in many different arenas. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's incredibly powerful. And I love how she just takes um, how we perceive conflict and flips it on its head. Yes. And conflict, people are scared to death of conflict and confrontation it's, I mean, I see it with men all the time. Oh, no, I don't want any drama, no conflict. 
Yeah, but yeah. it's one thing, it's pretty much guaranteed there is going to be conflict, you know, and, and being able to navigate that with grace and dignity is such a high level of functioning. And so I'm so glad that you read this and loved it, too. Love it and recommend it to all my clients, uh, too. Great. Yes. And Sandy, what advice would you give your younger self? Get more support. <laughs> <laughs> there it is again. <laughs> yes, I did it all myself. I was juggling, raising four children. Um, I had a sick child who passed away when he was five. It was really challenging. My husband fell apart. I was like this warrior mom, had to do it all. I was running an art business and working with my husband. He was a comedian and, and we had a TV show. I didn't even talk about any of that, but I was one of the head writers. I was doing everything for everybody and never got support, not even from home. So delegate, delegate, delegate. And even in your own home, I mean, my kids now, they cook, they do laundry, they do everything. So really important. <laughs> Yeah, love that. And Sandy, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. So it's hard to pick just one. Um, so I'm going to give one um, by Albert Einstein, who I, he's so brilliant and has had so many wonderful quotes. This quote is, strive not to be a success, but rather to be a value. And I really love that because I think you got to get your ego out of it. And really, when you're when your goal is to be of value to others, you will be a success. And your life will expand exponentially. And Sandy, lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Connect with me on my website, lastfirstdate.com. There's a you can contact me through the website. And um, I would love for any women over 40 who want to join my Facebook group to go to Facebook groups. Um, that's facebook.com slash forward slash groups forward slash your last first date and ask to join. I would love to have you. The conversation is really juicy over there. Uh, I'm on Twitter at last first date one. I'm all over social media. I'm going to give you all my, my you can find them on my website. I will find you and I will make sure all the links and resources shared in this episode will be on your show notes page, which is the blog post that accompanies this episode. And for those listening, you can find that at womentakingthelead.com or you can use the short link, which is womentl.com. Sandy, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We are all better for having met you. Oh, thank you so much, Jody. This was an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Were you inspired to take some action today, but maybe don't know where to start? Or maybe you have so many great ideas, you can't decide where to focus your attention. Don't let stress or overwhelm stop you from having the career, the business, or the life you want to live. Head over to womentakingthelead.com forward slash coaching or use the short link womentl.com forward slash coaching to sign up for a consultation with me. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. So here goes. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. 
It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining me, and here's to your success.